0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You, Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. And today we're reading from the big book. Uh, We are on page 27, paragraph four. Today's readers are Deb W. on the uh, 12 steps, Anita L. on the 12 traditions, And uh, the three readers of the text today in order are Penny C, Hoodie R, and Renata G. Uh, The reference number for yesterday, which was uh, Tuesday, February 2nd, is 8430. That's 8430. So the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. Let me now ask uh, Deb W. to get us started with the 12 steps. Deb? And Deb, I need for you to unmute. We can't hear you.
1: Am I unmuted now?
0: (laughs) I can hear you. I
1: got you. Good morning. This is Deb W., recovered from Oklahoma. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us And the power to carry that out. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs.
0: Thank you Deb and let me now ask uh, Anita L. if you would read the 12 traditions. Anita?
2: Good morning. Uh, Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. To any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita. So let me tell you how our meeting works. Um, Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're going to resume our study of the big book. And, of course, we're on page 27. We're on the fourth paragraph. It starts with, yes, replied the doctor. And um, Penny C. is going to get us started. She's going to read uh, through three paragraphs. And then our comments are going to be on the second and third paragraphs that, uh, that Penny reads. So I pass the baton over to Penny C.,
3: Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody on the line. It's Penny C., recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Yes, replied the doctor, there is. Exceptions to cases such as yours have been occurring since early times. Here and there, once in a while, alcoholics have had what are called vital spiritual experiences. To to me, these occurrences are phenomena. They appear to be the nature of a huge emotional displacements and rearrangements. Ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding force of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begin to dominate them. In fact, I have been trying to produce some emotional rearrangement within you, Many individuals, with many individuals, the methods which I employ are successful, but I have never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. Upon hearing this, our friend was somewhat relieved, for he reflected that after all he was a good church member. This hope, however, was destroyed by the doctors telling him that while his religious convictions were very good, In his case, they did not spell the necessary vital spiritual experience. Here was the terrible dilemma in which our friend found himself when he had the extraordinary experience, which, as we have already told you, made him a free man. Uh, These two last paragraphs that I just read are very meaningful to me because that was my experience when i first came to oa and heard the 12 steps and realize and, and i heard people talking about you know spiritual experience and spiritual recovery and i thought i had it made because i i was i had so much religious background and training and was brought up in a very very strict religious family Went to religious school. I mean, how could I not succeed? And just like Roland has it here, I was really um, kind of kind of whipped down when I realized that all that religion did not spell spirituality. It was the first time in my whole life that I had ever realized that there was a difference between spiritual and religious and and from there once i got that concept and and began to as as my sister would always say you're chasing spirituality and it's exactly what i did if i if i recognized it in in another member i i would i would want to know how did you get it What can I do? And eventually, I got the concept. uh, I understood it. I felt it. And just like Roland Hazard and um, what they're saying in this third paragraph that I read, that I found myself having had an extraordinary experience, spiritual experience, that I was a free woman not not in the bondage to the food as I had been. And, and what a wonderful life for so many years. Food has not been my God, has not kept me in chains, as it were. And I'll be forever grateful for that. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Penny, thanks so much. So before we, um, I start taking some names here, just a reminder, where we are, we're on page uh, 27, Penny read four paragraphs, starting with yes, reply, the doctor, and we're going to uh, comment on the second and third paragraphs that she read. So with that, uh, who would like to share on what was read? This is Bella Canaiser.
4: Jan. Tina S. from Boston. Suzanne K. <clears throat>
0: Suzanne
5: from Jersey, please. Minky. Katie
6: Okay,
0: home? Let, me, let me tell you who I have. Let me hold it right there. Um, okay, so I think I, I might have missed a name, but I think I have about six or seven people. So I had, in this order, I had Bella, uh, Jan, I believe, Tina, Katie, Suzanne, Minky, and Vasa. Uh, did I miss anybody? Okay, so why don't we go with that for the first round. So let's start with uh, Bella G, and then we'll follow that up with Jan. Bella?
7: Yes, good morning. Thank you, Larry. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive over Thank you, Larry, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Made him a free man. Wow. Yes, this is what I feel now, a free woman. Yes, before being in the program, I had God in my life, but I didn't even call him a power. For me, God was something very scary, very, very not a good something. I was afraid from this God. For me, God was a punishing God. And I was all the time in competition with this God because I wanted to prove him that I know better than him, that I can do what he cannot do. I can take care of my life. And obviously, it didn't work out. So I was angry. I was jealous. I was was scared. One thing for sure, I wasn't happy, and I wasn't a free woman. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that now that I'm in the program and I leave the 12 steps, and yes, I leave the 12 steps 24-7. I am a free woman because I am connected to God, to a loving, accepting, respecting power. Yes, and I know that God is happy with me and God trusts me. And yes, I am not God. I am not a higher power. I am human and I am limited and thank you God that through this the the state I found a loving power not a punishing God yes thank you God that now I am connected to this to the love to the freedom and not to my ego thank you for letting me share and I pass
0: Thank you, Bella. So next we'll have uh, Jan followed by Tina. Jan, you're up. Good
8: morning. I'm Jan S. from St. Augustine, Florida, and I want to thank you all for for all that you do for this beautiful meeting every day. Thank you, Larry, for meeting, and thank you for everyone who reads and does service. Um, I really love this passage because um, for me it. it, it in program for thirty four years, it took me a very long time to to totally to totally surrender and and, like he said, you know, he just is there any other way, you know and for me, the gates of hell had to close down on me before I finally finally accepted the fact that I was totally, totally powerless over the food and the eating behaviors, and that the only the only thing that would help me would be that phenomenon. If I was imprisoned by the phenomenon of craving, the phenomenon of what happens when I take that first bite after the whole mental obsession and then the physical craving, I had to have some sort of phenomenon in my life that was bigger than that. And that is the God of my understanding today. And my higher power is, is the, that phenomenon that has granted me the, the, the changes in my thinking and the mental shift and the whole understanding and clarity of his will in my life, not mine. And it has been such a peaceful, freeing experience to live my life with a peaceful mind and a peaceful heart because when I do that, and I work those steps, the food does not call to me. It absolutely does not call to me. So uh, for me, I am grateful for the God of my understanding that is truly the phenomenon in my life that has made all the difference. And when I first came into program, that was the part I just wanted to skip. Uh, okay, I'll just skip the spiritual part and just do the physical and the emotional. You know, I, just, I wasn't ready. It took me a long time to get ready. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for OA. Thank you, God, for AA. And uh, I'm so happy to be sharing today. So God bless everyone on our path.
0: Thanks, Jan. Appreciate that. So we got uh, Tina. You're you're stepping up to the plate, and Katie. Katie, you're you're on deck. Tina.
9: Thanks, Larry. Uh, Tina, from Florida, grateful uh, uh, compulsive eater. <laughs> Get what I'm which. What I'm identifying for her possibly either anorexic, and uh, grateful to share on the line today. You know, you know, when I got to Overeaters Anonymous, I uh, I come in and you know I had already been in another 12-step program, and so, you know, originally I, I thought this whole deal in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous was about religion, and I'm really grateful that you know this explanation is here this is not a religious program but a spiritual one because then i have a chance before that i had no i had no chance I, I had a terrible dilemma you know just like roland and um you know today i have an opportunity one day at a time to successfully not participate in my disease of compulsive eating or anorexia and it's only through the 12 12- steps. And for me, you know, because AA and Alcoholics Anonymous and the big book does not have monopoly on God. This is what works for me so that I find a power uh, greater than myself, which will solve my problem. And uh, and that's happened. And it happens one day at a time. Uh, and I'm so very grateful. And, uh, and again, thanks. And I pass.
0: Thank you so much. And Katie, you're up. And then followed by Suzanne. Katie? Correct. I'm just going to ask people, Katie. Before you get started, if you could just uh, mute your phone when you're when you're done speaking. I hear some background noise. Katie, Katie, press star one to unmute, please. Okay, maybe we'll come back to Katie, or maybe I'm I'm hearing things. Um, Suzanne, you'd be up next, and we can come back to Katie. If not, we'll move on to to Minky. So, Suzanne, you're up.
4: Hi, I'm Suzanne, a compulsive eater. Can you hear me, Larry?
0: I can, Suzanne.
4: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for everyone being on the line. Thanks for your service. And I loved hearing Penny share on Uh, the reading, Um, when I came into the program, I didn't realize that you needed to find a spiritual uh, power or something greater than you. And with that, I was a little confused um, because I really just wanted to lose weight when I came into the program. However, when you told me I needed to have a spiritual experience and understand that, I really didn't get it. But I listened and I... um, I have found that, you know, I do have something greater than me. I don't know how to define it, define it but it is there. Um, and I just learn every day what I need to do. And I just wanted to say good morning and, and uh, claim my seat here. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Larry,
10: okay.
4: Katie. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you, Katie. It's, uh, no one else can, but I can hear you. No, you go ahead.
11: That's <laughs> okay. It's Katie D.
0: Katie, we're having a little bit of trouble hearing you for some reason.
5: All right, can you? Okay. Sure. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay. Katie, do a compulsive over eater and an Mexican bully night calling in from Cancun, Mexico, typically in Boston. Back. Um, okay, so um, I guess. What I really wanted to chime in on is I came in here and it was really easy to get a diet, right, to go on a meal plan and um, and get the diet. And I didn't understand that I had to let go of my entire way of living my life, that my way of dominating my life. The way I grew up, guys, is I need to fight for me. I need to fight for my rights. I need to fight for what it is that I need. And if you if you get in my way, get out of my way because I'm going to fight you. I don't care. And then when my fight didn't win, I would eat, and eating was my coping mechanism. Or when my fight didn't win, I would exercise, and exercise was my coping mechanism. The other thing I didn't understand is that me wanting to change, me willing myself to change, never worked. Because let me tell you guys, a year ago at this time, I was exercising addictively and living a dishonest life, and every night on my 11th step, I was telling my community, I am being dishonest with my exercise, I'm over-exercising, I need help, and I wasn't changing. And a ton of pain, a ton of pain that I throw up my hands and I say, you know what, I can't manage it anymore. I can't manage it. And all of my old concepts about I'm only okay if I'm a thin woman, people will only love me if I'm a thin woman, um, I'm not good enough, I'm going to be abandoned, all those old concepts. Has to be surrendered, right? And new concepts have to come, and that has come through to through through daily working of the twelve steps, through going through the steps formally on a regular basis. And um, the steps are my way of life, and also the tools. The only way I get through the tools, through, through and to the tools every day is number one, entire abstinence. I don't understand what I'm abstinent. I'm not. I get pregnant. I'm not. And working on steps every day, which is, you know, taking quiet time, calling others, going to meetings, no matter what this disease, um, and my recovery, my recovery from first, and thy will not mine be done. It is no longer the Katie Gia Show for today. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass.
0: Katie, thanks so much. So we we have uh, Minky up next and followed by Vasa. Minky?
12: Hi, good morning. It's Minky, Recovered Compulsive Over Eater. Grateful to be here. Uh, Thanks Larry for your service and thanks to everybody on the line Um, So there's two things that I wanted to share Um, One of them is it talks about the terrible dilemma And for me the terrible dilemma is is when I'm in fear and I'm not really sure of what to do And I I know that I don't know what to do because I'm in fear And um, my life becomes unmanageable And it's only when I turn my will and my life over to the care of God or being willing to believe there's a power greater than myself that could restore me to sanity. And not only does he care about the world and everybody else, but he does care about Minky and he does care about Minky's little problems and he does care about Minky's food. And um, I'm so grateful that we have the steps that can take me out of fear and put me back into faith. This is just such a miraculous program. It's really, really miraculous But i got to do the work. And um, the other thing is when I came into Vision for You, um, the last sentence, said, <laughs> I laughed when it said, it said, it made him a free man. And when I came into Vision for You, I was like, I called somebody in program in Vision for You, and I said, why are all you guys screaming throughout the whole meeting? Like, whoa. And she's like, well, we're so excited that we got the solution, and we're so excited that we're free, that we're just so passionate, and we're so excited about this. Uh, should we maybe go to the rooftops and yell about this thing, that we've been free? And um, I really get it now. like, this um, practical program of action and this meeting has really helped me be a free woman and has helped me walk the face of this earth and helped me walk through my challenges and get from one side to the other side every single solitary day. And with that, it pass.
0: Thanks so much, Minky. Uh, we got Vasa next, and then we'll open it up to some people out in the weeds there. Vasa, um, you're up.
13: Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Service, And I, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive Boveda calling from Florida. When it came to my own religion, it didn't help me, you know, with the food. And I did come from a very, very strict religious Home. My father was a priest. As a matter of fact, I had to be the perfect daughter. I had to be power of example for the world out there. So I had this high standards growing up. So um, um, in many ways, I was really, really relieved that to find out this was not a religious program. It was a spiritual program because I did have some bad experiences in my church growing up with a religion. And uh, I was afraid from God, you know, because the way I grew I grew up with, with a fearful, punishing God. But I had the gift of aspiration, and I thank God that my first meeting was not in a church. Uh, it was in a hospital, I believe. And uh, um, again, I was afraid going, especially if I was alone, the first person walking in the church meeting, you know. And my life has changed. I don't have that fear anymore. God has relieved me from those fears, certain fears. I still have other fears, but they're very much manageable. And I have had people that come from, sponsor um, people that come from very, very religious, you know, they know the Bible, they know the scriptures, and they didn't want to hear anything about religion. But, you know, again, I mean, I didn't know the Bible. I didn't read the scriptures. I heard in church and whatever, you know. But uh, I needed to find a power greater than myself. I did not find it in, in, in my church, you know. I mean, I've gone back to the church and, you know, again, I, I had the gift of desperation. And I'm so grateful that um, this book, big book was given to me. The solution, the uh, recipe is right here. And this is what has worked for me with the food and you know, food, food addiction, the, the allergy, the mental obsession, and uh, what a gift. This is, I say, this is a gift from God, you know, again. And I thank God for inspiring this put people to put this book together for me. It's, I just needed to pick it up. They did all the work. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thanks, Vasa. Okay, so let's open it up to some some other voices here. Who's who would like to jump in here? Melissa, oh. M. Reva G, Reva P. Okay, I got Melissa. I heard Leia M, Sue G, Reva. I missed somebody in between there.
14: Monica Kim G.
0: I heard Monica. I got Kim G. Who else?
14: Paula B, perhaps.
0: Paula. Anybody else? Okay, let's go with this. I probably got out, got it out of order, so my apologies for being challenged. Um, I got Melissa, I got Leah M and Monica, I see Suji and Reva and Kimji and Paula. So let's start with Melissa. Melissa, you're up.
15: Yes. Hi, good morning, Larry. It's Melissa's dear recovered, compulsive overeater in New York, and um you know, I'm so grateful that um being religious wasn't a, a prerequisite for being recovered. And um because when I you know, when I came in again and again, I really um I was really angry at religion and God and um and I was clinging to, you know, my own resentment because I felt um God didn't give me what I wanted and I was I was pissed and you know not only did not God not give me what i wanted but in my experience there were lots of religious people in my life um who also didn't give me what i wanted you know i suffered a great tragedy and the most religious people in my world weren't there for me and so when i came in i was i was so um every time god was mentioned um i was annoyed i was just annoyed by it but um but i was enslaved and so my my bondage was greater than my annoyance, and, um, and that's just a beautiful thing. And so, you know, the spiritual experience, when I heard um, that it comes as a result of the steps, um, and just to lay aside whatever preconceived feelings, notions, prejudices that I had, and just do the work um, that comforted me because I did hear people on this line saying that they were great and I'm laughing because I remember also thinking, why is everybody screaming? And, and like this, and, but it wasn't, it was joyful. It was a joyful excitement. And I wanted that more than anything. And so, you know, I trusted, I was desperate enough to trust and give myself over to the process and so, you know, when I work with people now and I tell people now and they have a, a prejudice against this conception of God, you know, we don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have to understand it completely to utilize it, um, but trust the process, give myself over, and, and then freedom is, is ours, you know. And so today, to be free, it means that I'm not um, I'm not in bondage by my prejudices anymore and I'm not astonished by the food anymore. I truly have an open mind, and um, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you. at that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Melissa. And now um, we have Leah M. Leah? Thanks so much, Leah. Uh, while
16: his religious convictions were very good, in his case they did not spell the necessary vital experience. You know, in my personal experience in sponsoring Um, Page 93 addresses this very nicely um, in the chapter, Working with Others. It says, um, you know, his religious education and training may be far superior to yours. Uh, In that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything since he already knows a lot, but he will be curious to learn why his own convictions have not worked and why yours seem to work so well. He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. Uh, It also goes on to say on page 93, Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, but call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. He wouldn't be convulsively overeating. Perhaps your story will help him see where he failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. The 12 steps um, makes it clear here, the text makes it clear, that ordinary religion and faith isn't enough. What we're talking about is a transforming experience, a conversion experience brought about by the 12 steps. You know, spiritual awakening uh, reflects a personality change sufficient to overcome compulsive overeating. So that's the importance of the 12-step process is that it takes these distorted drives and uh, restores them to their true purpose and direction through the application of the 12 steps. So this is the importance of the 12 steps. Even if someone comes here when I'm working with someone who might be religious or has deep faith, the reality is that their faith is insufficient. They don't have access to the power uh, that they may believe in because they would not be self-destructing if the if the power that they had in their lives was sufficient my experience is that the steps remove the blockage between them and their God uh, whatever that might be and restores them to sanity so you know If there are believers out there and yet you find yourself, you know, binging your brains out at night, uh, the steps will remove the blockage between you and God and, you know, offer a uh, faith that it ends up being deeper and truly meaningful and impactful in your life and will restore you to sanity. So this is about a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient about sufficient to bring about recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Leah. Just to give you a, a heads up, so we're going to have Monica, Sue, Reva, Kim, G, and then Paula. Harmonica, you're up. <laughs>
14: <laughs> good morning, Larry. Good morning, good morning, everyone. And you know what? Leah took every word that I was going to say because I was going to go 93 with you all, too. But anyway, I'm Monica, compulsive over recovered here in Florida. Um, so here's poor Roland, you know, and he's just been told by the doctor, that uh, telling him that while his religious conviction were very good, in, in this case they did not spell the necessary, vital, necessary, vital spiritual experience and here was a terrible dilemma in which he found himself Um, and this can be a big stumbling block you know a lot of us are very religious why hasn't this worked and um, like Leah was pointing out on 93 and here you know there's something missing there's more to learn is my experience I had there was more I needed to learn Um, something else I needed to to experience. And what was that? Let me see. Let me get to 93 here. One sentence that she didn't cover said, to be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish constructive action. So I take that as what's missing. I needed to work through the steps so I could get unblocked from my higher power and get that spiritual awakening, that personality change, you know, get new lenses so I could see what I couldn't see before and know that I had choices. And the big book, over and over in the big book, from the very beginning, we see this underlying theme that's being told to us over and over and over again that we must help others. To keep what we've been given, we got to help others. So to be vital... Faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish construction action. So I, too, was very religious, always had been, when was, but there was something missing. And working through the, the steps definitely helped to improve this relationship, grow on a relationship with my higher power. And it was like, you know what? I, did, I also, too, learned spirituality what freedom, what great, you know, thank you, God, what this has done for me. But you got to work through those steps. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. So we have Suji followed by Reva. Suji?
11: Hi, Larry. This is Suji from Michigan.
10: Um, I love to share just a few shares ago about how um, – we didn't have the uh, the religious ones, um, they call it. If Roland had had the God consciousness, which is mentioned in spiritual experience for the religious ones, um, he would have had a chance. But he didn't have that personal relationship. And that's what I didn't have. I thought I did, but I didn't have that personal relationship with my God. I was controlling. I'd let him have everything but my food. Because I figured, oh, I'm, I've got... I'm in a church that that teaches all about healthy eating, and even though if you looked at them, you'd wonder what in the world they were eating because they were all, a lot of them were overweight because they were vegans. And I just, um, I, it says faith without works is dead. It, I, I worked the steps. I was taken through the steps many times, but not on a spiritual plane and not teaching me how to do 10 through 12. I sponsor, but I've had to make amends to some of my past sponsors because I did not sponsor them um, from a spiritual, leading them toward a spiritual experience. and Because I didn't have, I couldn't give away what I didn't have. Um, it's coming slowly now. It's not going to be a big white, big uh, lightning bolt Uh but it it's coming and it may be and, and praise God if it is, but um it but I I missed so much. I came from a loving, loving church, a uh, loving God. Um I didn't have a punishing God, I didn't have a strict church, uh um but my parents didn't go to church and so I wasn't taught how to live my faith. And so my faith was dead. And um you know, I, it says in his case, in this case, he did not have the, vi- the necessary vital spiritual experience. That's why I said that if he had the God consciousness, um, the the twelve steps, you know, his he would he would have he would have had it. He would have had success. He 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 would have put down the alcohol. Um, he would have been successful, and that's. Um, that's what I'm going for now is that God consciousness. I have the faith. But is it working? You know, is it is it committed? Is it am I doing? Um is my faith dead or you know, is it alive? And um thank God for vision for you. I'm I'm learning how to bring it alive. And with that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, so we have Reva followed by Kim G. Reva, you're up.
17: Good morning, Larry. Uh, Good morning, everyone. This is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I feel very passionate about these two paragraphs um, because for me, I um, had a very good religious education. I knew about all the laws and customs and rituals and why we did what we did um, and how to do it, but that totally did not help me with um, the food problem um, and the underlying living problem. And for me, my old concept of uh, the God concept, uh, that really irritated me and it was uncomfortable when I heard it. Um, And I realized early on that my old concept totally didn't work for me at all. If I was going to practice these principles and work the steps, I had to fire my old higher power, my old God. And I had to start um, the process of developing a new one. And for me, the difference with religion and spirituality, one of the big differences is the religion was over there, and it was like a knowledge and a custom thing, whereas the spiritual um, concept, really, I didn't come here to be spiritual. I came here. Um, because I couldn't control my food and I didn't even realize but I couldn't control anything in my life my life was unmanageable and I was told in step one that I had no power and I was powerless and I needed to develop a concept of a higher power Um, and I had to know that it wasn't me so that's what I did so then I went on and did the steps and I needed something personal I needed a concept that was going to take my hand off the fridge um, because self-will wasn't working, I needed something or a power to help me with relationships, to help me function at work, to help me on a daily basis with what the little practical problems that I almost thought were too silly for a big God up there who's big with religion. And how did I do that? Um, you know, step two just says that I come to believe, and all I have to do in step two is know that I need a power. And that it's not me. And then there's a lot of steps between two and eleven. Eleven is where I have conscious contact, and I have you know this access and relationship. And how do I get that? I just simply do the steps. So I remove the blocks, and as I'm doing the steps, I see my distorted thinking. I see how my thinking is 180 degrees backwards, and I start seeing the power infiltrate into all the practical challenges of my life, and then I have access to that. And that's something I never, ever had. Um, So when I have challenges today, you know, how am I supposed to help my clients? How am I supposed to be um, the mother, the wife that my higher power wants me to be? Then I have that concept, that power, and I ask, because those are the things that drove me to binge my face off.
0: With that, I passed. Thank you so much. And we have Kim followed by Paula. Kim.
18: Good morning, Larry. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I want to look at this from a totally a little bit of a different angle. He talks about being a good church member, and the doctor warns him. This is a warning that his religious convictions were very good. In this case, it did not spell the necessary, vital ex- spiritual experience. So the way that I was looking at it this morning is, you know, from my own personal experience in working with others is, well, I've been in O.A. for 15 years. I'm a good O.A. member. You know, I I, uh, like there's a popular saying in my area called service is swimming. So I thought, well, I just have to do enough service and that's going to be enough. You know, I was the intergroup chair. I mean, I was on the region board. Isn't that, I'm a good standing member of O.A. But I had to admit, regardless of all that stuff, I was constantly in relapse. I was coming back to the rooms again and again saying, I picked up. I picked up. So whatever that education was that I got in the rooms was not sufficient. Being a good member of OA and coming to meetings does not create the vital spiritual experience. And the other side of it is I work with a lot of people who come from other 12-step programs. And the warning is the credits don't transfer. You know, if you worked a 12-step program in AA or NA or GA or any of these other A's and you cannot stop eating, you need to get another experience. It's not working the 12-steps in another program does not create the vital spiritual experience in this program, and that's very humbling. So for those of you who are like me who have been a good, upstanding member of LA for many years, but are constantly relapsing, or maybe you're trying out OA and you're coming from another 12-step program and think, what can these OA people teach me about my big book, I'm an alcoholic? You know, ask yourself, is what you're doing is working? And what does that mean? So, I mean, can you keep the food down? And even more importantly, when the food is down, are you able to do that contently? Can you keep the food down and can you be happy about it? And if it's not then I think there's some work to do. So check your own experience. This isn't just about white-knuckling it. This isn't just about coming to meetings and feeling okay among people who understand how we suffer. But do you want to be free? And that's the question I ask myself every day is how free do I want to be? Because coming into the rooms of Overrears Anonymous or being in any 12-step program without doing the step work is not sufficient and is to create the necessary, necessary, necessary vital spiritual experience. And with that I pass.
0: Thank you, Kim. Um so we're gonna we're gonna go with Paula and then uh, Hoodie's gonna gonna read the next uh paragraph. So Paula you're up. And
11: thank you and thank you for your service today. This would be Paula D. Uh, recovered compulsive overita with and by the grace of God. You know I'm gonna settle into this paragraph here here with the terrible dilemma. You know what dilemma is? Any difficulty, a perplexing situation, a problem. Well, I got to tell you, I think our friend was quite perplexed, and uh, I have to say, uh, our, our our Carl Young just kept him there, because upon hearing this, our friend was somewhat. I'm coming back to where we are. Was somewhat relieved. He reflected. After all, he was a good church member. Yeah, I was. And why was I living in hell? Why then was I living in hell? Good church member. And then I want to come here. Here was the terrible dilemma. In which our friend found himself. There he was. And look at the words. He found himself. Whoa. Here's where I am. But I want to go on. When he had the extraordinary experience. You know, in the back of the book, and we all know the back of the book, oh, there are so many answers. But in this book, we're so grateful because it's the beginning, it's the preface, it's the middle, it's the end, because it's all. we look at what it says here at the end. Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly, yeah, church go a living in hell, facing his problems, in the light of our experience, can recover, provided that he does not close his mind. Remember that jail cell? Just as effective. Closed mind, you're in a jail cell to all spiritual concepts. Why then did I believe a microbiologist, Louis Pasteur, said that there are nothing, there are germs all over? You can't see them. Why did I have no problem believing that? None at all. Because I saw it at work. I saw things get infected. I saw the results of it. That's when it had to change. And I could see I was living in hell. And only then could I come to that place of being in heaven. A free man. Once you walk out and you're a free man, you see everything differently. I saw things that I didn't know, and it says it beautifully at the back of the book. Awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence there it is of spiritual experience can you put your hand on it no can you live it yes i hear so many on this line that do and they transmit it well with that i pass on i thank you
0: thank you paula okay so hoodie's going to be picking up on page 28 the first paragraph hoodie
6: Good morning to you, Larry. Thank you. My name is Hudi R, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. We, in our turn, sought the same escape with all the desperation of drowning men. What seemed at first a flimsy reed has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or, if you prefer, a design for living that really works. And, um, well, um, this paragraph is is a very, very... You know, packed paragraph as well. Um, you know, yeah, we in turn saw the same escape, and I'm thinking of like the step one that I had to. That I was drowning. I was drowning the way the what I was going through. My my life um, history and my experience was just going worse and worse down in that quick bit. And I just like think of that page 52, and uh, you know when it talks about the developments, we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human pro- problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear and we were unhappy. And, um, you know, I needed that step. That step to that flimsy read was just that small willingness and honesty and open, open my mind just a crack and be willing to listen to the person sitting across from me and telling me, so listening and telling me and sharing her experience and the solution the road that she was shining in front of me and that worked and then where she was at, and told me exactly these clear cut this design that worked it worked as long as I follow um exactly what she had done to experience to to experience my own. Um, transformation and um, I just had to be willing to open, be honest with where I was at open and willing to do something different, get out of myself and become teachable and this new life, yes this design of living, these 12 steps, when, when taken seriously and with work and effort um, it does produce transformation, a personality change and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Hoodie. We, we have time for one share. Dave, like to – boy, James, quick trigger finger there. James, oh. if you're quick, maybe we'll pick up uh, – is that Janice on the back end there? Yeah, that
16: is. That's okay. Janice, I can
0: assure you that James is going to be quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, James, go ahead. You're up.
19: Give me a head start there, Larry. Thank you for your service. <laughs> hey, I, I just want to say uh, I just appreciate all the, all the shares so far. You know, I, I thought about everybody on this call, though. You know, we're all different. You know, if everybody was out there like me and said it like me, saw it like me, and thought it like me, I would be bored to death. Um, I'm challenged, I'm refreshed, I'm encouraged, and I'm inspired by some of the things that have been said. And thank you again for all your services. Um, you know, I, I just want to say... Um, <clears throat> a design for a living that really works you know and i thought about this and it says well you know i thought about a race car even though i don't think of myself as a race car but if you look at a race car and they're about a half a million bucks or whatever the cost is and you know not including the fuel maybe but um you know you don't see the acceleration or the the the, the performance of a race car unless it's on a racetrack and the way i see this is it's and i'm describing this and to bring us to a closer analogy to the program um the program is the racetrack for us. It, it 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 shows who's who, where are we at, not to say we're racing each other, but we're all we're all racing against time and we're all trying to perform in our daily lives, trying to do the will of God, you know, and you know, some of us come from strong religious sides and and strong spiritual backgrounds and you know, for me, although I've been over thirty years in the ministry, thirty years, been an assistant pastor, done various things, just wanted to say that I've never believed that religiosity ever got us anywhere near god but we're all on a journey some of us start religiously some of us start start spiritually but i was always always spoke against and misunderstood because i knew that there was a spiritual solution but i didn't know that while i was sitting in a church telling everybody else what they needed that i was in the way i was waiting on someone and generally i was waiting on somebody else as my excuse but really i was waiting on myself to take up a a, a Oh well, follow, finding, finding God's will for my life to finding a process that exposed and humiliated me and leveled me down to where I could see life for what it really was. And, yeah, I hid behind the scriptures. I hid behind God. I hid behind the Seder. I hid behind all the religious things that are actually in the outer court. How much do you bring? What do you bring to the sacrifice? What the sacrifice look like? All the washings. All that stuff is outer court stuff. But I knew that I needed an inner court experience, an experience that got me into the face of God, that got me into a place where God was making the difference in my life because I knew my solution was going to be spiritual. But I didn't know that this program, I had no idea this program would bring me to that kind of clarity. So I want to just say um, that I, I have come into a design of living that is wonderful. Um, you know, I'm no longer waiting on somebody else. I've just, uh, I, I'm have just i just allowing this process to have to to have full course and have fun with it. That's the important part. I'm having fun with this process. And, you know, I have a long way to go, and I mean I know a little, but I know one thing, that I'm on a good track, and I'm on a good start, and I am not looking back, and I'm not regretting where I started and how I started. But I will tell you my experience is there for those who want to hear it and learn from it. But I will also tell you I have a long way to go, and it doesn't end until he says it's over. So with that being said, I want to say thank God for the uh for the program, for the process of this fellowship, my sponsor, and all that is involved <laughs> with that I pass.
0: Thanks James. Hey Janice, can you hang out for the next uh the next uh, session here, next hour? I appreciate if you're able to do that. Um, cuz we're going to have to unfortunately have to close close up here. Okay. So thank you to everyone who has shared Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We're going to now close with a reading from our big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And I would ask Renata if you'd be kind enough to read a, uh, a vision for you.
20: Thank you, Larry, for your service. Good morning, family. This is Renata G. Recovered, composed for reading in New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in a fellowship of the Spirit, and you surely meet some of us as you tread the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.